podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another edition of Let's Talk Chelsea. Hope you're doing well. So today's show is probably going to be quite a negative one or a critical one of Chelsea because it's going to be about players that other teams want. And in all three cases on the three stories we're going to be speaking about today, I I would like to keep all three of these players in a dream world. But maybe that won't happen in a nightmare situation, all three leave. But it's not, as I say, very positive. We're not speaking about players coming in, you know, potentially keeping players for the long term. So that's what it's going to be today. You can check out the latest shows as well on the podcast feed on YouTube. If you are new around here, want to see the latest Chelsea content regarding transfer news and all of that stuff heading into the summer transfer window, please do turn those notifications on. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Please do like the video if you're enjoying the content. It really does help the show out. And as I mentioned, you can listen to the show as a podcast as well. We're going to start off with Mason Mount. Although there have been some pretty interesting story since this i think mason mount story is still kind of the the thing that is going to dominate chelsea and potentially man united too in the upcoming weeks and potentially month ahead and that is regarding mason mount reportedly from the telegraph uh, jason burton james ducker reporting this yesterday that he has agreed personal terms with manchester United. A transfer fee is yet to be agreed by United for Mount, but Telegraph Sport revealed on Tuesday that United manager Eric Ten Hag is confident he can persuade the 24-year-old to join and is pushing the club's hierarchy to get the deal over the line. Talks have progressed positively in recent days over Mount and accelerated after the two clubs played each other last Thursday with personal terms not an issue and settled. It means it would now be a big setback for Ten Hag if Mount did not sign. It's horrible, it really is, um, just to see this story play out. And each day it feels like this situation is is getting further and further out of Chelsea's control. And maybe it's unsalvageable at this point. You know, maybe Mount's made that his mind up. If you are agreeing personal terms with another club, I think that says a lot. You know, it shows that there isn't much progress on the contract side of things. I would like to think that there is a, another twist here. And that twist is Chelsea go back with a very serious offer that gives Mason Mount what he desires but you know there does come a point that football is is if you have a player that's very unhappy would want to move on you know do you keep that player I think the big thing for me if Chelsea are now getting themselves into a, a headspace where they think that we now are going to have to sell Mason Mount because he doesn't want to be here anymore and he does want to move on you need to get a, a reasonable fee for him and for me I, I do think 70 to 80 million even with the contract situation is still good value because and still makes sense for me from a negotiating position because Chelsea are losing a player going into the prime years of their career. Someone who Man United are going to look at as a key player in their midfield for, for years to come. Chelsea are going to be losing that development, losing a player who could potentially be the heart of our midfield in the upcoming years. And I think you want to be compensated for that. And I feel that 70 to 80 million, you know, I think generally the transfer window and value in the transfer market, and Chelsea have shown this by their failings in the transfer market in terms of signings, that I I do think it generally is a a broken market severely. The way some players are valued without offering much end product, it kind of feels like a little bit of a farce at times. Um, The way some players are massively undervalued, some of those we're about to speak about in terms of teams coming in to bid for players that Chelsea currently have and being massively undervalued so the whole system is broken but Chelsea cannot allow a situation where for me if you if you are getting under 50 million for Mason Mount I just think that's absolutely scandalous I just think it's just horrible and I think that's where Chelsea should just you know stick their feet basically on, on the floor and just you know and say we're not we're not moving you know you've got to have 
uh, a solid foundation with this because I think Mason Mount could mean a lot to Chelsea in the upcoming years if we were to convince him to stay. But just more and more, it's very hard to see a situation where he does remain because there's just been so little traction on that side of things for so many months now. And it seems like more and more he is getting closer to the exit door and it seems like that exit will be to Manchester United. It's a little less painful personally for me than going to Liverpool. That would have been the worst case scenario, but that is just a personal preference. Doesn't mean him rocking up in a red shirt, a Man United shirt next season isn't going to be any less painful. Uh, but still, that that is the situation. Let me know yours in, in the comments below, your thoughts on it. I'm going to speak about Levi Colwell now. Uh, Chelsea have apparently been briefing for a while now. Levi Colwell, he's returning. He's not going out on loan. He's not going to be sold. He's going to be reintegrated. And I'm sure I suspect that Mauricio Pochettino wants to keep Levi Colwell. Apparently, Chelsea have rejected a £30 million bid from Brighton for Levi Colwell. This is from The Athletic. Colwell, of course, spent the season on loan at Brighton and impressed for them and, and deserved being public as well as Brighton fans have been desperate to keep him for another season on a permanent deal which was discussed last summer if you remember as the Motka Correa transfer saga was going on. It says in a piece as well there is a concern that Colwell would not be assured regular game time at Chelsea next season with January signing Benoit Badiashil also a left footed centre back. The Badiashil sustained an injury at the end of the campaign. The summer break will give the 22 year old time to recover ahead of the new season. I firstly think, again, like 30 million. I know Levi Colwell technically only has one season of Premier League football. But again, you're talking about a player who has very quickly got used to Premier League football, performed at a high level. And given what we sold Mark Gurhey for, this is not that much more than that if you think about it. Mark Gurhey did not have a season in the Premier League before we sold him to uh, Crystal Palace in the summer of 2021. So I still think 30 million is just a bit of a joke fee, to be honest. I'm not saying he Levi Colwell should cost any club at this point in his career 100 million. That's not what I'm saying. I just I looked at that fee and I looked at what his potential is. And particularly what Chelsea have paid for some other potential. You know, you think about what Chelsea paid for Mikhailo Mudrik for Nori Manawake, a little bit more than 30 million. I mean, I, I just don't think, you know, maybe you can compare him, of course, to Benoit Badiashil when Chelsea paid 35 million. So, yeah, maybe you are just looking at 5 million more, maybe 10 million more. But I, I still think that is still a little bit of a silly fee. And um, I, I just don't think we should be selling Levi Cole. I think when, when Chelsea were very firm last summer, and sure, it did cost us with Mark Kukurea, the Kukurea tax, as we have spoken about enough times on the channel, to our detriment. I, I do just firmly believe once you've kind of dug your heels in and you said we're not selling Levi Cornwell permanently, I think you have to keep him at this point. I do understand the point, and Liam Toomey made this point on Twitter as well, that uh, Levi Cole was going to be looking at Chelsea and looking at the fact that since he went on loan to Brighton last summer, Chelsea has spent a lot on centre-backs, not just for Kaladu Koulibaly. Wesley Fofana joined after Levi Colwell had joined Brighton on loan. Um, and then, of, of course, we bought Badia Shiloh as well. So, it, you know, Chelsea have in their actions, the new ownership in their actions, have spent and invested more on players, particularly Badia Shiloh, a player who operates in his same area as a left-footed centre-back. And if we're going by the assumption that Mauricio Pochettino is going to stick with a back two, which he has for most of his career, that obviously limits the options. I would say... That with Levi Colwell, I think there is maybe a free run for him in the preseason. I mean, even though now there is time, of course, for Badia Shield to, to recover from that injury, if the, the the diagnosis of, say, four months, three to four months is accurate, he still is going to be ready by this time next month. You know, Colwell will have an, a chance to impress Pochettino 
from the off in pre-season. So I do wonder if maybe from his point of view... Hear that? That's the sound of the 2023 Chevy Silverado's 2.7-liter high-output turbo engine, delivering 430 pounds per foot of torque with no compromise durability. Impressive power. Whether you're helping friends move or just moving some friends. Thanks! This is the sound of a family with plenty of rear seat room to enjoy the ride. And most importantly, this is the sound of you heading to your local Chevy dealer today for a test drive. Find your Silverado and find new roads. Chevrolet. And listen, if you wait around, you know, Brighton are a proactive club. You know, are they going to wait around for weeks and weeks and weeks to find out if Levi Colwell wants to join them or not? So they may move elsewhere for other targets. But I do think there is maybe something from a player point of view to return to Chelsea and see how you go in pre-season. Of course, that isn't the, the proper season. There is a limited amount of minutes next year without European football. So I understand that concern. But I still think from the club point of view, from the player point of view, I want to see what he does in preseason because I, I do think with the talent and the potential of Levi Kowal, I could very quickly see him becoming a, a regular under Mauricio Pochettino. I still think Chelsea should be looking to get Kalu Koulibaly out, uh, Cesar Aspilicueta too, you know, players who could play in a back three, back four. Um, and, you know, it makes the squad more competitive and sure, there is that concern, but I think we want a, a stronger squad, right? And I think Levi Colwell just is a player. I, I just I think if you you should have sold him last summer if you didn't want to keep him for the long term. I think that was the time to make that swift call. Um, you know, I still think right now, you know, the, the move is to keep Levi Colwell, and particularly because they've been so strong and adamant continuously. Anytime there's been a suggestion of Levi Colwell um, moving on this summer, they have said Levi is going nowhere. So let's keep him. The other centre-back that apparently is in the eye of another club, a Champions League finalist in Inter Milan, apparently uh, they are pushing to sign Trevor Chalabar ahead of Mauricio Pochettino decision. Trevor Chalabar is one of a number of players who could uh, be leaving Chelsea this summer. This is Dom Smith exclusive for the Evening Standard. The 23-year-old joined Chelsea in 2007 where he graduated through the academy and has been a first-team player since the start of the 21-22 season. The Chalabar kind of story at Chelsea has been one where he has flirted with leaving the club several times. Um, in the last two summers, this has been the case. You know, you think back to the summer of 2021 when he did break through there. He just returned on loan from France and it kind of felt like, OK, is he going to get the chance in the first team or are we going to sell him? And then, of course, we have the situation where we sell Kurt Zuma. We don't sign Jules Kunde. That opens up the door for Trevor Chalabar to impress under Thomas Tuchel in that preseason. And that's what leads him to make a full breakthrough effectively has a very good debut season but even after that debut season if you remember the back end of the 21-22 season he was suddenly phased out under Thomas Tuchel and then again in the summer barely played in the first few weeks under Tuchel before he was sacked and there were rumours of him moving on again I think RB Leipzig as a potential loan if I remember rightly just before deadline day last August and now we have this again because Chalabur has been left in a similar boat where at times particularly under Graham Potter and, and also a little bit uh, in recent weeks, you know, there's been the sense that maybe Chalabar hasn't been used that much. And it, it's just bizarre to me, the situa situation with Trevor Chalabar, because actually for a lot of the second half of the season, he's had to play as a right back, not even his most natural position. And I think he has impressed. He's performed competently. And given what Chelsea have got from value for Trevor Chalabar as a homegrown player... It is just baffling to me how undervalued he is. It's another case where it feels like there are parts of football that rate our academy talents 
more highly than we do and value them more highly than we do. You know, it says a lot, and I think Chelsea Youth tweets this, and I do want to bring up this tweet now, um, after this report about Chalaba having the interest of Inter Milan, who again are a Champions League finalist this season, a top Italian club in Serie A. He said, at the risk of lending too much credence to transfer nonsense, if Champions League clubs, semi-finalist and finalist in some cases, wants to sign your academy developed talent, it might be worth reconsidering your willingness to part company with them. Yes, from a financial point of view, and the same is for Levi Cowell, the same is for Mason Mount. The amortisation type of, of argument in terms of Chelsea have to sell players quite quickly given the time period between now and the 30th of June with FFP. You get basically, in a simple way of framing it, money straight into your pocket because of that. So from financial FFP point of view, there is a lot of benefit to it. But there also is the negatives, and I've seen the negatives in recent years. Um, we let Mark Gurhi go, for instance. Now, when we let players like that go, when we let Tammy Abraham go, when we let Fakari Tamori go, my big question to you is when that summer exodus in 2021 happened, a lot of people at the time, and you've got to remember, of course, context is everything. We just come off the back of a Champions League victory and we felt very high about the club. So a lot of people rightly, and I think in a fair way of looking at things said, you know, maybe this club is on the upwards again, particularly in the Premier League. But they said, listen, standards, we're, we're champions of Europe. It's okay to lose these players. We've got Thomas Tuchel. And it was all about looking at that current period, that moment in time, rather than what could it mean in the future. And also, would Chelsea do enough to be competent in the transfer market to make up for losing those academy talents that could have been used, say like a Mark Gurhi as I think a prime example. And the same question is going to apply now to Levi Colwell. You would say, once we lost Rudiger and Christensen, we haven't replaced those players properly. Koulibaly hasn't performed to the level we wanted. Marco Correa hasn't. I would say with Valia Shield and Fafana, there's your counter-argument there. But we did spend a lot of money on some other players that haven't performed as well. I think Tammy Abraham is always the strongest argument here because the lack of goals in our attack has been embarrassing since he's moved on. So, you know, the argument has always been stronger with Tammy than they are with other players. But you've got to think about the long term when you're letting players like Chalaba go and just give them... The amount of underperformance in this squad, I just think Trev deserves so much more credit and so much more time on the pitch for Chelsea. Just based on what I've seen, I know people may disagree with me. I'm not saying he's a world-class defender. He has some bad days within him. He has mistakes. There are things you can criticise about him that I think people who I respect have pointed out in terms of maybe airily he could be a little bit better. But given who he's up against and who he's been competing with and, and players who have been who's supposed to outperform him perform him. I still think Trev remains one of Chelsea's better players. I actually think in my personal opinion, if talking talking about player of the year, aren't many options. But second, whether how close you put it up to it, you know, second to Thiago Silva for me was Trevor Chalabar. It wasn't Kepa Rizablaga. For me it was based on performances I've seen consistently this season and this is a guy who doesn't always get in the first team and also isn't always playing in his preferred position, which is a, a part you have to put in this season. I think Trevor Chalabar has been nothing but a, a roaring success for Chelsea. And I think there's something to consider there. Because it's all right just selling off these young players because it's easy to do so. But there's a reason it's easy to do so other than your Hakim Ziyashis and probably Kalu Koulibaly and other players. It's because those ones offer value for the long term because clubs can see what they produce on a regular basis and could have quite an impact in Serie A. So for Trev, I can understand why he may look at the situation and go... I'll move on because I, I even though I've, I've done a lot of Chelsea, I've been able to break through into my boyhood club. I've been able to to do more than probably many people expected of me a few years ago. 
I can go somewhere else and actually get regular football. And probably Levi Carwell is having the same thought right now. Mason Mount, it's not about first-team football, I don't think. I think that's a different situation in terms of maybe uh, money, but also, I think, in terms of his positioning and development. But for a lot of these young players, they will make that assessment. They will see other examples and think to themselves, maybe it is better making a jump right now. So those are my thoughts. Let me know yours in the comments below, and I will see you again very soon. All the best. Roller coaster prices, supply chain glitches, political unease. They do their best to wreck my business plans. With so many unknowns, how do I know I'm making the right decisions? Aon helps me stay on top of things. They have expert points of view on volatility from around the world, paired with local insight that helps me get back on solid ground. Better decisions. Aon. Podcast Network.